I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 26. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. When I put the shout out on Facebook to get some song suggestions for future episodes, Anna suggested the song Do Life Big by Jamie Grace. And I have to admit, I love the song, but I didn't immediately think of any particular scripture with the exception of our theme verse in John 10.10. And I don't really mean to be a song snob, but for the purposes of this podcast, I really want it to point you back to scripture. And I said to myself, I already used John 10.10 as a theme verse for episode 19 on Thrive. And then I went to a meeting for work, and I work at a Christian school, and we were discussing uh, the life of Jesus when my friend Brooke said, you know that song by Jamie Grace, Do Life Big? This is how Christ lived his life. He did life big. Uh, Ding, ding, ding. Just because the song isn't full of scripture lyrics, in the lyrics, it doesn't mean that we can't use it as a catalyst to point us to scripture. So here we go. I gotta slow down, stop for a second, take a look around, and I gotta take time to hear that little voice inside, saying I came to give you life, so spread your wings and fly, I gotta see great to share, you are enough to change the atmosphere. So this is an interesting way to start a song about doing life big. She says, I got to slow down, stop for a second, take a look around. The more I listen to it, the more it resonates with me that in order to do life big, it starts with slowing down. She goes on to sing, I got to take time to hear that little voice inside. So my question is, who is that voice? Well, it's God. When you accept Christ as your Savior, His Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you, and He wants to lead, guide, and direct you. But we need to be listening. I don't know if you've ever heard the idea that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to talk over you. He's not going to force His way on you. But He's inside you, and we need to be listening. Now, Jesus himself tells us what the Spirit will do for us in John chapter 16. And in verse 12, he says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. 
He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Now, if you read the context around what's happening here in John 16, Jesus is trying to explain to his disciples what, um, how the Holy Spirit is going to come, why the Holy Spirit was going to come after he leaves. This is all done at the Last Supper. And so if you read in John and you read in one of those red letter Bibles I've talked about, you'll see just paragraph after paragraph after paragraph of Jesus speaking to his disciples. But in this particular section of scripture, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And it says, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority. He's going to guide us into truth. Earlier in the um, that, that section of scripture, he talks about the Holy Spirit being the helper and the comforter. And so again, the Holy Spirit glorifies him. He's, he's here to guide us. And if I look in Isaiah chapter 30, verses 20, it says, And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher, capital T teacher, will not hide himself anymore, but your eyes shall see your teacher, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. So the Holy Spirit is there to guide us. He is our teacher and he is to guide us into all truth. And if we're listening, we will hear his voice. But but we really need to slow down in order to do that. So step one is to slow down and actually take time to listen to God's voice that is trying to teach us. And the teacher here, of course, is God's spirit. And just as Jesus said, he is here to guide us. Now, one obvious scripture reference in the lyrics is John 10, 10. When Jamie says she needs to slow down to hear that little voice inside saying, I came to give you life. Now that comes from John 10, 10, where he says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So my question is, this is a very Sunday school question. What kind of life did Jesus come to give us? Abundant life. But here's what I'm really excited about, which is the context of this verse. Now, remember what context is. The context is can be what's going on in history at this time. The context can be, like I said, historical. The context can also be what's going on in the verses around the verse that you're studying. And sometimes you can just look in a paragraph before and a paragraph after and get a really good idea of what's happening. But sometimes you kind of have to go to a chapter or two before. And so one Bible study tip I use is I'll look at the section titles in my Bible. Most of your Bibles are going to be broken up into chapters and verses, but you'll also see little subheadings. And so one tip is to just kind of go back and look at the the headings leading up to this area of Scripture that you are getting ready to look at or focus on. And so this is especially useful if you're familiar with the Scripture. So you go, oh, okay, yeah, that's what's going on in those verses leading up. I've read that before. But even if you're not, the headings can really kind of give you a synopsis, much like an outline 
outline would of what's happening leading up to this scripture that you're wanting to marinate on. So I actually used this tip this week to see that right before the discussion of why Jesus came here in John 10, 10, when he says, I came that they may have life. But the discussion right before that, or what happened right before that is that Jesus had just healed a man born blind. And then at the end of that, you'll see he gets healed. Um, the religious people just don't don't get it. They're trying to, I mean, they see that it's a miracle. They know that it's this kid, They that this man that was born blind. They bring the parents in and say, oh, was he blind from birth? Or And they're like, yes, this is him. He was blind. This is our son. And now he is no longer blind. And it's just big drama surrounding it. But at the end of this drama, Jesus says, for judgment came into this world that those who do not see may see. And he's not talking about a physical sight. He's talking about a spiritual sight. Reminds me of that amazing hymn uh, that we, that many of us know, Amazing Grace. I once was blind and now I see. And so the religious people around Jesus said, are you trying to say that we're blind? And basically, Jesus said the problem was not that they were blind, but that they claimed to see and they were blind. And that's what really made them guilty. And so after this big drama, this miracle of him healing the blind man, and then the drama that that went along with the discussion with the religious leaders around that situation, after that event is when he began his teaching in John chapter 10. So we're going to pick up John chapter 10, verse 1. And he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, And leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And so it's such a great um, talk. Again, we were just trying to talk about that little voice inside saying, I came to give you life. Well, that little voice inside is our shepherd's voice. And those who are his recognize his voice. And uh, so what's just so great, not only do do his sheep hear his voice, but he calls to them by name, by name. He's calling you by your own name and his sheep follow him. Why do they follow him? Because they know his voice voice. So of course, like many other times in in Jesus's ministry, the people didn't get what he was trying to say. So scripture continues in verse six, and it says this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them. So again, he's like, let me reword this. And he says, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. There's our theme verse. 
I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He goes on to talk about how he chooses to lay his life down for the sheep. And you can see that whole discussion in John chapter 10. But remember what our context is. So he is trying to teach after this miracle and his authority is called into question. His miracle is called into question. They don't understand why he's calling them blind because they are supposed to be the learned ones. They are supposed to be the ones who really understand what God's doing in history and scripture and all those other things. And they're saying, what are you trying to say? We're blind. And he's trying to say, yes, you don't see that I'm the the shepherd that God has um, planned. And they're just, he's right in their midst and, and they're just not seeing it. So I love that as we're kind of exploring in John chapter 10. And again, just going back to the lyrics of the song of what we're talking about, we're really talking about that voice that we need to take time to listen to. We've got to slow down so that we can hear his voice. And uh, some of that is is through reading scripture and seeing what he says about himself. If, if you want to hear his voice, I just shared with you his voice. It was red letters. He was talking to us straight out of scripture. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak to us and And of course, you can read through scripture. He says himself, I came to give you life. So we can definitely claim that. We know that that is why he came. So let's move on to the next section of the song, which is really the chorus. And I love how it starts off. So let's listen. now that we've slowed down and heard the voice of God leading us, now it's time to live like Jesus. The song says, I want to love, serve, and give every chance I get just like Jesus. So what are some examples of Christ doing life big? I remember when I said um, leading into it that Christ's whole ministry was just him doing life big. And I can think of several examples, but let's talk about one. And the one that my friend Brooke brought up uh, when we were having this discussion about the song was Jesus feeding the 5,000. Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the story, but Jesus and his disciples went to a remote place, but the crowds followed them. It was getting late and his disciples suggested that Jesus just send the people away. They said, look, there's local villages around. They can go and eat uh, you just need to, it's getting too late. You need to send them away. But Jesus says, well, I think we should feed them. Of course, the disciples think he's crazy. And they're just like, look, all we have is five loaves and two fish. Some of the other gospels say that these were actually from a small boy. But Jesus took the food and he looked up to heaven. He blessed it and began breaking off pieces for his disciples to distribute. And in the end, they served everyone that was there and everyone had enough. They ha- They were actually full. And then there were 12 baskets of food left over. 
Now, the story is called the feeding of the five thousand. But that number really only included the men. So how much more when you include women and children? Now that is doing life big. And if you read the story in context in the Gospel of Matthew, this is what I want to bring to your attention. So we love this idea. This is doing life big. This is ministry. And this is, you know, taking what we have and God blessing it and multiplying it. And, and that's the kind of life I want to live. That's the kind of ministry I want to have. That's the kind of person I want to be. But I, if you go to the context, you realize that Jesus and his disciples were in a remote place because they wanted to be alone. And the reason they wanted to be alone is that Jesus had just gotten word that his cousin, John the Baptist, had been beheaded. And when he heard the news, that's when they headed out to this remote place. This was the man that was his cousin. This is was the man that was his forerunner that actually baptized him. And so this is a significant traumatic event in the life of Christ. And he takes his friends and he goes off to a remote place and yet there's still those in need surrounding them, more and more people just needing and needing and needing them. And then when he, the scripture says when he got, when he stepped foot out of his boat, because they went off in a boat, but the crowds just followed him around this lake and uh, by foot and just kind of ended up at his location. It says that he had compassion on them. So here he is in the midst of his sorrow and really just desiring to go and recharge and probably be alone and pray and hash it out with his friends. Um, the call and the need for him to continue to minister was there. And instead of being frustrated and overwhelmed, it said he had compassion. So to do life big like Jesus means that even in our deepest sorrow, we're having compassion on others. And when I think of doing life big, I've had seasons of my life where I thought that meant a new location. Uh, maybe a different job or a new ministry. But what about where you are right now and the resources that you have on hand? You know, maybe your current location is similar to mine. I, I live in a small, impoverished town in a small, impoverished state. And so, I mean, is is it uh, is there an opportunity to do life big here? Absolutely. My question is, what are your five loaves and two fishes that you can offer to God and allow him to bless and multiply? Instead of just looking where you could go and how your circumstances could change, instead of just saying, well, God, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and do life big for you. But right now I'm just in a very sorrowful place right now. I just need to be alone. I just need to chart recharge. But if we just look at the example of Christ doing life big meant even in the midst of his sorrow, he had compassion. And in, in that, in that deepest, darkest place is one of the biggest events of his ministry that people still point to. So here's a challenging question that I just read this week. What would your church or community look like if everyone was as committed as you are? If everyone gave and served and prayed exactly like you, would the church or would your be, your community be healthy and empowered or would it be weak and listless? Now that's a challenging question.
God has not placed us in the family we have, in the community that we live in, in the job that we have, or in the places that we serve, so that we can settle in and live our life in comfort and superficial peace. He came so that we would have life and have it to the full. But don't forget what comes after that. He laid down his life. Strange, isn't it? To do life big, we need to slow down, listen to the Holy Spirit, and then die to ourselves. Even so, I want to do life big. Don't you? So what's next? Well, my challenge to you this week is to spend some time in the New Testament, read the stories of Jesus' ministry here on earth, and then I want you to make note of how he loved, of how he served, and of how he gave. Literally write those down. Make some notes about, about that that you discover as you're reading the stories in the New Testament. And then if we can, if we can incorporate those things into our lives, we will surely be living the abundant life that he came to give, to give us. Now, while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Hop on Twitter at Michelle Nizat or Facebook and let's talk about what you're learning. You can also leave a comment on this week's show notes, michellenizat.com forward slash 26. Just a few quick announcements before we leave today. One of the ways to internalize God's words that you can talk about it from memory is by having it in front of you and reviewing it each and every day. So I've created free memory verse resources each week. It ties into what we're studying, and you can download those for free if you're a member of my email list. So I create free smartphone, desktop, or tablet, or printables to keep the God's word right in front of you. Um, every day. So just head over to michellekneesat.com and subscribe to my email list. I promise I won't share your information or bombard you with email. And then I really appreciate your reviews on iTunes. Not only is it encouragement to me, but it's a testimony to others that the podcast is really worth listening to. And it keeps my podcast visible to potential new listeners. So my promise to you is that if you take time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. So head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash review, and it should take you to the page to review the podcast. You may have to click uh, view in iTunes to launch iTunes on your computer, and then click on the words ratings and reviews next to details and choose to write a review. I'd really appreciate it. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. My next podcast will be on You Will Remain by All Sons and Daughters. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 26. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, Take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.